All right, you ready for this? Ready. This is Tom Salemi of Device Talks. Welcome back to the Device Talks Weekly Podcast. We've got a great interview for you today. I spoke with Matt Trevatola. He is the CEO of Innovis. We'll talk about Innovis. It's a, it's kind of a newcomer to the ortho space. I mean, the ortho space is pretty crowded, and there's a lot of companies that have been doing it for a very long time. Uh, Innovis has products that have been in the market for a long time, but they've operated under different names. Innovis is the name of the company that formed uh, out of Colfax, which was a larger industrial diversified player. Now Innovis is taking uh, Colfax's orthopedic products in a new name and uh, really trying to move uh, aggressively to build a, a larger orthopedics business. It's uh, weighted more heavily in extremities, so it's geared toward faster growth, but it has great plans in the large joint space as well. So uh, I know you'll enjoy the conversation I had with Matt Trevertola. He is the CEO. I will also have a fastball pitch for you. We heard from uh, Nikhil Joshi. He is the CEO of Cellular Vehicles, very cool cell therapies company. So uh, we'll play that fastball pitch just before uh, the interview with Matt Trevertola. But before we begin all of that, I want to just take a moment to talk about Device Talks Boston. It's happening May 10th and 11th at the Boston Convention and Exhibition Center. I really do hope you'll join us. Uh, I appreciate how valuable time away from the office is and how precious it is. So we built an agenda that is really going to hit upon a lot of the themes we've talked about on the podcast, on this podcast, on our other podcasts. Uh, Every company we've talked to is struggling with similar things. And uh, we really took all of that in and created, I think, two great days of uh, instruction, of insight, and I hope excitement. I hope I hope you return to your office after uh, May 10th and 11th. I hope you return to the office on May 12th, just energized and excited, not only about your career, but also about this industry. Uh, we will be talking about careers. We'll have Joe Mullings and Holly Scott there from the Mullings Group. They'll be on different panels and kind of help you look at your uh, at your career differently. But we'll also focus on on the challenges that are facing our industry and how we can turn those into opportunities. That's been a big sort of theme that we've been putting out there on social media, turning challenges into opportunities. So uh, we're going to talk to uh, companies about building strong sales teams. It's not really the innovation engineering thing that we focused on traditionally, but we've actually seen a lot of innovation in that space, a lot of cool technologies uh, that will help companies uh, uh, market their products more effectively and, and better access physicians. So it is an important part of medical devices. So we'll be talking about that. We'll be talking about innovation, though, about product innovation and how to make it real and how to make it essential. We'll be uh, talking about materials, how to get a better understanding of how to make older materials last longer and remain uh, more effective longer without degrading into uh, what could be a, a toxic situation. We'll talk about the power of nitinol and how it's being used in AFib. We're going to talk, of course, about robotics and automation. And uh, you, you can go on the website and see the companies that uh, will be addressing all of this. But uh, we're not only talking surgical robotics, which we will be talking about, but also about uh, automation in the pharmacy and in the lab and how all of that is going to help really move healthcare forward. We'll talk about social issues, healthcare equity. You know, what are we missing? What can we do better? 
We'll talk about sustainability again as an industry. We're building these devices that are uh, that are updated because they need to be. They need better features. What are we doing to ensure that uh, that we're building devices that are sustainable? So we'll we'll cover the gamut and we'll talk from large company issues to startups to helping entrepreneurs figure out uh, how to uh, not only finance their companies but ensure that they've got strong uh, legal footing to to build their companies on. And the final thing I'll mention is we're talking a great deal about the powers of virtual and digital technologies. I will have presentations that will talk about uh, virtual twins and about virtual reality and how that's being used to uh, to further training and to, again, make healthcare more effective. So we're talking about a lot of technologies, a lot of issues, a lot of challenges. We'll be talking to engineers, uh, we're talking to manufacturing folks, We've got it all. This is this is a conference that really talks about the med tech industry, the making of medical devices. We've got great keynotes with Tom Poland from BD and Mike Mahoney from Boston Scientific. We'll have those big picture perspectives, but there'll be a lot of granular information to take home with you on May 12th, to take back to your office on May 12th. So uh, make sure you join us. Go to devicetalks.com, register to attend. Make sure you join us at our networking sessions at the end of May uh, of day one on May 10th. We'll have uh, not only a session on the floor at our expo center right after the uh, content finishes, but uh, also we'll have a, a session with uh, our friends at Goodwin who have an office nearby. They are inviting everyone who attends Device Talks Boston to attend their session. So uh, if you're uh, if you're attending Device Talks Boston, you're invited to, to attend that as well. So you'll definitely want to take advantage of that. So thanks for listening to my uh, really broad overview of what we're talking about, Device Talks Boston. I didn't want to go too detailed on who's talking about what. You can see that all on the agenda, but I'm clearly excited about what we're presenting you on May 10th and 11th. If you like what we're talking about here in the podcast, if you like what we're presenting on Device Talks Tuesdays, and both are doing very well and we're really grateful, I really think you'll enjoy Device Talks Boston. So please go to devicetalks.com to register. That's it. That's it. That's it. I won't talk about it anymore. But as a reward for listening to my pitch about Device Talks Boston, please make sure you use uh, this code DT Weekly Twenty Five Device Talks Weekly Twenty Five, and you'll save twenty five percent off the price of admission. So we'll have that. Uh, we'll have that going when you hear this. Go and register. Use the code DT Weekly Twenty Five. Save twenty five percent off the price of registration. And uh, join us at Device Talks Boston. All right. Now let's get this podcast started. First, we'll have our fastball pitch delivered by Nikhil Josie. He is CEO of Cellular Vehicles. Hi, my name is Nikhil Joshie, and I'm co-founder and CEO of Cellular Vehicles. In the next 10 years, cell-based therapies will replace traditional therapeutics in areas as wide-ranging as heart disease, type 1 diabetes, and Alzheimer's. Cell therapies utilize a patient's own cells or donor cells to fight disease and restore normal organ function. These therapies are personalized, targeted to the affected area, and most importantly, they offer a captivating promise to treat and cure disease in one fell swoop reducing the need for chronic treatment over a patient's lifetime. For this future to be realized, there are two key barriers in the way, high costs of care and inefficient patient-side delivery. At Cellular Vehicles, 
we're building a robotic platform to provide control, standardization, and automation to the last mile cell therapy delivery process. Our platform improves yield by over 30% and saves hospitals around $3,000 worth of cell preparation costs. Thus far, we've built an MVP and signed up 10 customers interested in using our system. In the same way that John D. Rockefeller and the Standard Oil Company built refineries to capitalize on the industrial oil boom, we view our technology as a sort of last mile refinery for cell products. Our mission is to accelerate the advent of curative cell-based therapies by building the critical infrastructure necessary for the space to scale. We're now raising our seed round and we'd love to chat with anyone interested in joining us on this mission. Our website is www.cellularvehicles.com and you can reach me by emailing info at cellularvehicles.com. Thank you and chat soon. All right, thanks, Nikhil Josie, for your fastball pitch. Make sure you reach out to Cellular Vehicles. Now let's begin our keynote interview with Matt Trevertola, CEO of Anovis. Well, Matt Trevertola, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Tom. Great to be here. I'm excited to learn about uh, Anovis. I've obviously heard about the name change and know about your predecessor name and company but interested in diving deep into what your offerings are and what your future looks like. But before we get there, let's find out about your, your past a bit, Matt. How'd you find your way into the medical device industry? You've got kind of a, an indirect route, correct? Yeah, yeah, I sure did. I, uh, I've been leading Colfax, which became Inovis uh, for almost eight years now, leading the company as we went through a journey from, from being a, a diversified industrial player with powerful continuous improvement business system and a lot of focus on innovation and acquisitions. And we reshaped the portfolio to ultimately become a, a focused med tech player in Ovis. Uh, and, and so I you know, got into the med tech industry uh, just about four years ago when we acquired the DJO Global business. That's how I got to got to where we are today. You know, sort of before this, uh, you know, I've, I've spent about the last 20 years leading businesses and groups of businesses uh, across a range of, of industries of high performance materials, chemicals, life sciences, uh, and, and, and industrial and, and now med tech. And, uh, uh, you know, I spent a lot of time at uh, some great companies like Danaher and DuPont and McKinsey and Company. Interesting. So, I um, mean, the, the obvious question is, is there something different about the medical device industry that you've, uh, you've stumbled upon or learned about in this uh, transition or in, in your move into the medical device industry? Yeah, certainly. I'm, you know, as we were reshaping the portfolio, we were really, really looking to reshape the portfolio with a focus on an industry space with you know great long-term growth fundamentals, opportunity for high organic growth, great innovation opportunities, and, and great opportunities to to do acquisitions that accelerate our, our our strategy and place that we we could add value as a company. And we found that in in orthopedics and in med tech, uh, you know, really orthopedics is a, a fantastic industry with all kinds of opportunity uh, for a company like us to to grow and improve. And and so it's it's definitely been been terrific in in terms of the growth opportunities in the industry. But I will say also personally, it's it's really been fantastically rewarding to become a part of an industry where there's so much focus on how what we do affects our patients and their lives. And, and that piece of it, in terms of what our innovation achieves for our patients and, and the way that they live their lives and the quality of their lives, and the fact that the people in our company 
are part of our company because of that, right? That, that they're not just a part of our company because it's a company that does stuff. They're a part of our company because of what we do for our patients. That's special. And I think that's a, that's a really great, you know, added part of being in this industry on top of, you know, some of the, some of those other aspects. That's great. Talking about the, the spin out a bit, why was that deemed the best move? What does it allow Innovus to do? And the reasons that went into that, are they similar to the reasons we're seeing other spinouts from other medical device companies nowadays, BD? Yeah, for us, really, we started a journey about five years ago to reshape our for portfolio for higher growth, higher value. And so it was really a step-by-step process of divesting a couple of you know good industrial businesses that we had improved a lot, using the funds from that to acquire the DJO global business and all the rich uh, history and, and strength of brand and innovation and talent that came uh, with that. And then ultimately separating our remaining industrial businesses from those med tech businesses and creating two strong public companies with our company uh, being Innovus that we renamed Innovus really, you know, based on, uh, you know, our, our vision for innovation into the future. You know, that was really a five-year step-by-step process to get to, you know, the highest value path for our, our shareholders uh, that we took. And, and it's really gone well. We're, you know, we're coming up on a year since that separation uh, that that led to the you know focused uh, Innovus company uh, th- that I lead, and uh, it's been a great year. I think we've had a lot of great progress in terms of people knowing who we are, what we stand for, the great things that we've carried forward uh, from our DJO businesses and and from the the Colfax operating model and, and and business system. We've built a lot of momentum in our first year as as Innovus, and I'm certainly re- really excited about the future we've got ahead. Hey, everybody. Pardon the interruption. I do want to remind you that we do have a Device Talks Tuesday coming up this Tuesday at 4 p.m. It's brought to you by Explorer, which is a GHX company. It's called Don't Lose Momentum, How to Rapidly Commercialize Newly Approved Medical Devices. We'll have medical education leaders from Medtronic and Siemens Health and Ears talking about how they use Explorer's technology to really uh, connect with doctors better and to uh, help smooth the education process for new medical devices. So go to devicetalks.com, find the uh, listing for Device Talks Tuesdays, and you can register to watch this episode of Device Talks Tuesdays. Again, it's happening at 4 p.m. on Tuesday. That's when you can watch it live, 4 p.m. Eastern, but it's available on demand. So if you can't watch it at 4 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday, watch it at your convenience. You can still get the downloads. You can still ask questions. You feel like you're almost there i do enjoy the live experience but uh understand if you can't find the time but please do register and make sure you get the support you need to medtech better so go to devicetalks.com and register for our upcoming device talks tuesdays well that's great i'm looking at the Innovis fact sheet so launched 2022 associate 7000 plus medical devices medical devices 1000 plus and 2022 revenue 1.6 billion so those are the facts, and you can tell me about updates. But tell me about Innovus, like you're talking about one of your kids. What What is your company like? What is it like working there? What's the culture you're trying to build? <laughs> well, you know, I, our company, our purpose of our company is about creating better together. Uh, and, and our vision is, is how we kind of apply that purpose and create, you know, better outcomes for our patients and, and create better healthcare workflows through technology and, and you know, do it with, with our talent, our innovation, and all the tools that we apply. And so we're a company that's all about making things better. We have surgical implants that, you know, are, are you know, we try to have the, be- the best possible implants so that a patient 
can have surgery and on the other side, be able to go back to, you know, being living their normal life or as close as possible as they, as they possibly can and feeling like they've got the, the, the normal joint that they had before, before they got an, an artificial joint. We've got uh, rehabilitation technologies, uh, you know, braces and rehab technologies that enable people when, when they're injured to have as fast as possible a, a recovery to get back to doing the things that they love. And when they have, you know, diseases that might lead to operations they need to have that they can before and after those operations have braces and rehabilitation and therapies that enable them to have the best possible journey through that, uh, through that experience that gets them to the fastest possible path to a great recovery. And so, you know, we're about making things better and we're about doing it in orthopedics through the technologies that, that we apply. Now, you, you mentioned the growth opportunities in orthopedics. It's obviously, I mean, of the med tech sectors, it's probably not one of the fastest growing, but there's a, a lot of opportunity there and also a lot of competition. Where, where does Anovis sort of fit in? You've got shoulders, knee, hip, and foot and ankle. Are those all sort of full implants? Are you going head to head with Stryker and company? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, first, if you step back, you know, orthopedics is a $50 billion plus global market. And, you know, a, a, as a market, you know, has pretty, pretty good growth fundamentals. Uh, but there's a lot of segments within that $50 billion that have great growth opportunities. You know, within that market, you know, there's some really large players in that market. Uh, but then there's, a, you know, a few players like us that are, you know, a billion or $2 billion uh, of revenue in that big $50 billion market. And I think what's terrific for us about that picture is that we have tons of growth opportunity uh, in terms of how and where we can we can grow our company. But we also are small enough that we can be agile and we can choose where we do and where we don't grow. And so, for example, our you know our recon portfolio of, of the you know the implants that we do, we are fifty percent extremities. Now, extremities is the highest growth part of recon. Hmm. Uh, it's not anywhere close to fifty percent of the global market. But our business is just disproportionately shaped towards you know shoulder, foot, and ankle those extremities. That grow faster, and that that makes us a faster growing company just because of our market exposure there. And then we innovate to grow and gain share beyond that. And that's how we grow our recon business consistently, well into the double digits. You know, even though the orthopedic business is you know more of a you know kind of mid single digit type of growth industry. Is that how you want the uh, the ratio to to stay? Do you want to be that weighted in in extremities, or is that where you are right now? Yeah, yeah, we we like that. So you know, if you, our our company is about two thirds uh, in in bracing and rehabilitation and okay. one third in recon, right? We want that recon part of our company to get larger uh, because it's got the best growth dynamics and it's got the highest profit margins and it's got a lot of innovation opportunities for things that we can do for our patients and and for our our surgeons. So the first thing is we're working on getting the one third of our company used to be, if you go back about three or four years, it was about 15 or so percent of our company. Now it's a third. Okay. And we're working on building that to, you know, maybe half of our company a number of years down the road. Within that recon segment that is getting larger and larger and larger, we're about 50% extremities, which is the highest growing part of, of recon. And we definitely want to keep that that fifty percent or so extremities. There's a lot of room to grow in, in hip and knee as well, and we're gonna we're getting after that. We're we're going global. We're going after the ASC growth opportunity, and so I think we'll stay pretty balanced between extremities and hip and knee within recon as recon becomes a larger and larger part of our company, and and that's a great path in terms of accelerating our growth as a company, improving our profit margins. That gives us more to invest in great technologies as we go. 
Interesting. So let, let's look at the non-recon part for a moment. I do want to get back to it, but uh, so athletic braces, muscle stimulation, back braces, cold therapy. What is that? And you can go over the other parts of portfolio if you want, but what is that market like? I don't know anything about it. Is it is it slow growing? Is there pricing pressure on there? Is it yeah. resilient because everyone needs it at some point and they're willing to pay for it? What's it like? Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of things there. These are very good markets. I mean, the, the first thing is that you know, within orthopedics, there's a continuum of care that goes from prevention before an injury, mm-hmm. uh, even sort of, you know, wearing a brace before you wind up needing to get surgery to a, a surgery uh, or an injury to the recovery on the backside. So there's, you know, we call it the continuum of care. We didn't coin the phrase, but there's this continuum of care uh, within orthopedics. And we are uniquely positioned along that continuum of care, right? So yeah, we're right in the middle with our recon business where the surgery is being done. But what we call our PNR business is is really on both sides of that with braces and rehabilitation technology that are before and after surgery, and that creates you know some terrific strategic benefits for us that are unique to us within the space. You know, in those PNR businesses, really we are leaders in a you know that's that's about a five billion dollar global industry, and we have one billion of those five billion. So we are a you know roughly 20% share player across those technologies. So we're a clear leader, you know, in some cases, you know, invented the industry, you know, our Don Joy bracing, we're pioneers in the in the area of, of sports medicine, knee bracing, as an example, air cast bracing, pioneer doing walker boots versus, you know, other forms of, of casts. Our, our Chattanooga and Like Your Therapy products really were the, the leaders that built out a lot of the rehab technology. So in those businesses, we've got global leadership positions highly well-respected brands, very strong positions in orthopedic clinics and rehab uh, clinics, uh, where we not only bring them the products, but in the orthopedic clinic, we bring software that they use to run the workflow within their clinic. So we're really embedded in those clinics, helping them to, with a full solution to do what they do. And, and those are, those are you know, businesses, industries, you know, that the demand drivers of those those industries grow probably about four to five percent. There's a little bit of pricing pressure, so we talk about the industry growth for our PR businesses being about three to four percent on a on a dollar basis. And so we're focused on growing those businesses a little faster than the industry as a leader that is constantly innovating, that's bringing great service to customers, that has these software workflow solutions as well. And if we get that kind of four to five percent growth in our PNR businesses and we grow our recon businesses double digits like we've done for a decade, except for the COVID year. That's how we get high single digit organic growth, which is a great path to be on, you know, as a company. I think, it, you know, it's something that certainly excites investors. The idea of consistent high single digit organic growth uh, is something that creates a lot of opportunities, you know, for for us and our and our team around the world as we grow our company. So looking at the, the numbers I gave before, the 2022 revenue, 1.6 billion, it sounds like one, the one is the, is the, the, the braces and the, and the rehab and the 6.6 is, is the recon. That's right. right. So is the, you mentioned the percentage at which the industry is growing. How about the business for you? If you're, you're growing, do you you expect rehab to continue to grow? Maybe not keep pace with recon. What, what is your forecast looking forward? Our strategic uh, outlook that we've given, you know, is, is that we'll grow our company high single digits organically over time. And that that will come from double-digit growth in our recon business mm-hmm. and about four to five percent growth gotcha. in our bracing and rehab businesses. So a little above the industry as a leader in bracing and you know when you're a leader, 
you grow a little faster than the industry, but unless there's, you know, breakthrough innovation that can come, you know, it's, it's hard. But when you're, a, you know, kind of, you know, more of a small, fast growing player like we are in recon, you can grow a lot faster than the industry. And so, you know, strategically, we, we invest a lot to make sure that we can grow double digits in recon for a long, long time. And we want to make sure that we have a strong enough kind of foundation in that bracing and rehab business growing mid single digits that that combination is really a terrific combination and and there's a lot of a lot of cash flow that that we generate through those bracing and rehab businesses that can help to fuel the growth in the other businesses as well who are you selling to in the rehab business are you selling to physical therapists are you selling to hospitals are you selling to primarily it would be orthopedic clinics okay and then also you know rehab clinics and uh, hospitals, you know, acute care uh, type of setting that'd be in- including ASCs, right? So one of the neat opportunities for us is that a lot of ASCs are adjacent, you know, to some orthopedic clinic and rehab sometimes under the same ownership, sometimes yeah. in the same area. And, and that creates a natural kind of opportunity for us because we're, we're known by them, we're present in our other product lines. And that creates a, a good opportunity as more and more you know, surgery is moving into the ASC. Yeah, you anticipated my question. I was gonna. I was wondering if, if with the recon, do you see the ASC as a sort of your sweet spot? Is that where you're focusing a lot of your attention, or are you looking yeah, all around? Yeah, for sure. You know, our extremities recon, our shoulder in particular, we mm. really there's not as much of an AFC opportunity yet there, right. and so that we've really you know been been focused you know in the broad market and the conversion to reverse so, shoulder that we've helped to pioneer in hip and knee. ASC has been a key part of our growth. You know, our success in knee has really come based on our Empower Knee, uh, which is a knee that that we developed a number of years ago that is just better. It it is a a knee that has kinematics to where it it pivots both laterally and medially, and, and that makes it feel more like a natural knee. And we've had a ton of share gain in knee because our knee feels more like the patient's natural knee. And surgeons mm. know it. When they try it, they find out, and, and that's how we get conversions. Well, what's nice about that is that knee also is a very good fit for the active patient uh, that is being selected into the ASC. Because you know, when someone does a surgery in the ASC, they want them to you know, come in, get the surgery, and go home and not come back in 24 hours. Otherwise, you know, the, the, the economics don't work. And, and so they're trying to select patients into that environment that are the most likely to fit that. And that's often the younger patients. Our knee is a great fit. So we, we've, we've done well on the ASC from the start because of our great knee. We've also had a real focus as a real agile entrepreneurial player, making sure that we are serving the needs of the ASC. We've simplified our instrument tray sets. We have something called IntelliTray. That's a simpler instrument tray set that meets the needs of having less space in an ASC environment. We have something called OraScore, O-A-R-A, which is a software app that surgeons and clinicians use to assess the risk of doing the patient in the ASC versus the, you know, the hospital environment. And it, they use it to help make the decisions on who they select into the ASC. We had over 13,000 surgeries done using that Aura score as part of how they've decided to make that, that surgery in, in the ASC. And then now as we've brought our enabling tech out, Arvis, we've brought a product that is, is you know, a solution that is great fit for purpose for the ASC. So there's a lot of things we've been doing over time that really fit well with that move to ASC. Uh, we, you know, we've shared publicly that we we were approaching 20% of our knee business in the ASC. And that's, we think about twice the industry. Uh, so we've got more share of our business in the ASC. That's part of what enables us to grow faster. We continue to do things 
to advantage ourselves in that ASC environment. And those are all recon things we're doing. And then there's the added plus that I talked about earlier in that in many cases, we're present in that environment in their rehab clinic or the ortho clinic uh, through our PNR products as well. And so we're known to them, we're a known brand, we're a trusted brand. Let's focus on Arvis for a, for a second. So this is Augmented Reality Visualization and Information System. You say it's the, this is from your release. The FDA cleared system is the only proprietary, real-time, hands-free, augmented reality technology precisely engineered for orthopedic surgeons. So it allows them to visualize the procedure they're doing as as they're doing it? That's right. Yeah, that, that that's correct. I mean, you know, this is a technology that allows the the surgeon, in, you know, in a uh, just right through the eyepiece from a camera on the eyepiece and a and a you know small unit that that is next next door. They can register the you know locations on the patient and then actually you know have can have a, a prefed surgical plan that allows them to actually visualize on top of the patient how and where they're doing the cuts and and uh, use that to guide their cuts and and record what they're doing you know for ultimate data to to be used afterwards. So it's really a, a, a breakthrough device. Certainly, we believe implant innovation has been very important and is going to continue to be important mm-hmm. in this industry. Uh, but it's also very clear that using enabling technologies to improve the workflow before, during, and after surgery is also very important and even more important as you move into an ASC environment. And, and so we, we brought Arvis to market really as you know, our, our solution for how to how to address that in, in hip and knee at this this point in time. A lot of great feedback from surgeons. No preoperative scan required, which is a nice plus when you're moving things uh, in, into the ASC. It's, it's very small, cost effective, space effective. Really, just suits those needs of the ASC and is enabling surgeons to have the marketing benefit of the latest, greatest technology, mm-hmm. which is important, and also have the you know the workflow benefits of of being able to make more precise and repeatable cuts, you know, using, you know, the latest and greatest technology and record the data for future benefits. I was going to ask, is this something that is offered every surgeon, but is this seen as, well, you can get this instead of a robot, or is this, you can get this, you were never going to get a robot anyway, but now you can get Arvis. How is Arvis sort of positioned to potential customers? Yeah, I think for, for us, there's a couple of things. You know, one, you know, we we've got a you know tremendous ex- existing surgeon base that are using our, our hip and knee products, and, and you know, Arvis is the the natural solution you know for for them to you know, start to use to to do this surgical guidance uh, mm-hmm. and guide their their cuts, and and uh, in some cases they haven't been using anything. Uh, in some cases, they'd be using some other kind of guidance technology, or in, in some cases, you know, they. Uh, you know, they might have been sometimes using, you know, some kind of robotics or something like that. But secondly, it's it's really uh, enabling us to attract new surgeons. You know, it could be a new surgeon that has not been using enabling tech because they haven't liked what they've seen so far, or it could be a new surgeon that has been using some other form, but finds this as a, you know, as a better option. So, you know, I think we're getting we're getting both of that. Certainly a lot of interest in the ASC environment, but plenty of interest outside the ASC as well. We wanted to have something that was definitely the right answer for the ASC because that's the fastest growing part of the market. It's going to become mm-hmm. larger and larger over time, but also something that is, you know, is a, a plenty good solution to be using back in a hospital environment as well. And, and Arvis really hits the mark right there. And, uh, you know, we're, we're definitely pleased, like I said, with the feedback so far, certainly as a new to the world product. So we've been kind of working on getting feedback and, and making making improvements. It's 
mostly software based so you can improve you know pretty pretty quickly as as you learn and you know we're really excited about the the opportunity that that's going to going to create you know for for growth and share gain for us uh, in hip and knee for now but it's certainly a technology that can apply to other anatomies over time what were people uh, circling around your booths looking at at AOS this last couple of weeks? Yeah, you know what? What uh, I, it, it's interesting. I think this this was my fourth AOS, and and so a lot of learning through the years in terms of of seeing you know what people are looking at our booths and walking the floor, and and one of the things that really uh, struck me this year was that you look at our booth and and we got you know we got all our kind of core technologies and we got all the great new stuff that we're talking about. And when I talk to people about what excites them about us and why did they come to our booth or why are they partnered with us and things like that, what's really exciting is that part of it is not the new technologies that we're talking about this year, Mm -hmm. but Altivate and Empower, right? These two products are so powerful. Right. And they've been around long enough to have lots of great data. We've re- refreshed them and improved them, brought other versions. But but our reverse shoulder, you know, that is lateralized and inferiorized and has really led the way in terms of the right way to do reverse shoulder. Right. First, it was is it going to be reverse or not anatomic reverse has become the dominant way to do shoulder. And then there were kind of different debates about which reverse and our, you know, our design of reverse has really become, you know, the flagship in terms of the way to do it. And, and that is, you know, that's been getting a share gain in shoulder for many years, but it's still what a lot of people come to the booth to learn about. Now they, they want to learn about the new things that have come out around Altivate as well, but they're mm-hmm. coming to get educated. Hey, it's time for me to learn about Altivate. And same with Empower. I talked to you about that knee. Same thing. We get a lot of people that yeah, they want to hear about the new, you know, revision that we've brought out that is a part of our Empower technology that gets us to a part of the market we haven't gotten to. But the first thing they're there is they say, hey, it's it's time for me to learn about Empower. I hear it's just a better need. I hear my patients will be more satisfied. And and so for me, you know, that was uh you know something that that really really hit me was how you know really how exciting it is for us as a company that we have these these core technologies that really change the game. Uh, and, and, you know, we haven't rested on our laurels. We've continued to inve- innovate around those core technologies and now bring enabling technologies as well. But, uh, but the power of those core technologies alongside of all the innovation we've done since then is, is terrific. A lot of buzz about Arvis as, as well, right? And I, and I think, you know, there's a lot out there now in terms of enabling tech. And mm-hmm. I think, uh, you know, people have gone beyond thinking it's cool and different that there's enabling tech. And now they're really engaging and and want to go, okay, help me understand, you know, what makes this better. And, and so really high quality discussions going on about, about what's better about Arvis and, and, you know, how, how can it really help them to, you know, to uh, have a, a better workflow than whatever they're doing today. Great as well. And a lot of, a lot of buzz around foot and ankle, right? We were mm-hmm. not in the foot and ankle industry three years ago. We made three acquisitions that have gotten us a terrific position, some great technologies, and then we've been innovating on top of those. And so I think some great buzz around people that, that you know, see us, you know, as now a significant player in that foot and ankle space, and they're excited to learn about, you know, both some of the new innovations uh, that we brought, like taking our great Dynanail technology and bringing the Dynanail Helix out that's a nice, gets us to other, other, other indications with that. But also hearing what we've done with Star, really a, a um, 
total ankle technology that is terrific. Mm-hmm. It's got the best long-term survival ship of any total ankle. But, you know, had some challenges a few years back that we've been been working through, you know, solving and kind of relaunching that that product. There's a lot of surgeons that are looking forward to getting back to using the star ankle because of how how great it is. And and what we've done in terms of developing patient specific uh, guides and plans for that ankle and and the other things that we're doing uh, this year related to some changes in, in the design of the poly and things really have a lot of uh, a lot of surgeons excited about what we're doing in the foot and ankle space uh, as well and then in 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 the you know the the bracing and rehab space you know, i think the thing that that you know everybody's excited about but still trying to figure out where is it going to take us is connected medicine and and you know we've got you know kind of pioneering products around connected braces and our motion iq technology that really create a whole new opportunity in terms of how the recovery path takes place for a patient and and being able to empower patients in their recovery to access videos, do their exercise, give feedback to their their clinicians and giving the clinician the ability to monitor that and make sure that the patient gets to the outcome that they should based on the surgery. That is a huge opportunity over time in the orthopedic space that is only at the forefront. And so a lot of people are curious, curious to understand Motion MD that we use in the clinics and how powerful that is. Curious to understand Motion IQ that we've now launched in terms of extending beyond the clinic into the recovery path on a connected brace. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, th- I think uh, you know, I think people recognizing and acknowledging that we have reestablished ourselves as the clear leader in bracing and rehab, bringing new technology to the market, leading the way, uh, creating strategic benefit across our whole portfolio, but also reestablishing that leadership position in those specific businesses. Interesting. Now that leads nicely into my, my final question, or or at least category of questions. What does your R and D look like? What What do you have back there? How much are you committing to R and D? Do you have a, a robot back there in the lab that you're working on a surgical robot, or or are you, well, uh, I, I are guess, you punting on that one for now? Yeah, I mean, the first thing I'd say is that you know R and D is a huge part of our of our growth, and and we have in the last uh, uh, you know kind of three or four years we have substantially increased the amount of investment that we make uh, in R and D. We, we invest significantly more as a percent of revenue in our recon businesses because of the kind of innovation opportunities there and the kind mm-hmm. of growth that we can drive with those. But we also invest a lot more today than we did in the past in those bracing and rehab businesses as we've been reestablishing the leadership of those of those businesses. And, and uh, it's a, about better implants. It's about enabling tech. It, it, it's about, you know, kind of better form and function in braces, but also about kind of new technologies like connected braces or multifunctional braces that might have embedded, embedded cold therapy in, in a brace. And, and it's, and, and it's about new rehab technologies like high powered lasers and, and others that, that can push the state of the art in rehab. So we, we got a lot of, lot of good things that we're investing in from, from an R&D standpoint, you know, I, I'll say, you know, on the enabling tech front, there's there's no question that this is going to be a journey and there are going to be waves of, of technology adoption in terms of that that surgical workflow in orthopedics. And so uh, right now, you know, we're focused on really making sure that Arvis is a is a great success and uh, uh, and and that, you know, we, we uh, you know, drive that into the market in a powerful way. But certainly over time, you know, we've got other things in the pipeline in terms of making sure that for each anatomy, we are pushing the frontier of what surgeons can do with technology from planning through, you know, visualization and guidance through the, you know, jigs and fixtures that are used 
in the surgery and, and whether those are automated or, or manual and, and how that evolves over time. Do you have a percentage you can share of what you're putting toward R&D? I'm just curious of your sales. Uh, yeah, I mean, our company R&D is in the mid single digits range with, yep. with it more, you know, high single digits uh, percent of revenue in the recon business, low single digits percent of revenue uh, in, in the in the PNR business. So, uh, you know, healthy, healthy level of, of investment, uh, you know, aligned with our our vision of building, uh, you know, a, a high growth med tech innovator and, and doing it through through innovation. Now, we do complement the innovation with acquisitions and you're good at answering my questions before uh, I ask them. Let me ask my question. What about, what about M&A? Are you going to do some tuck-ins? What's, what's coming up there? Yeah. So for, I mean, first extending on the innovation topic, uh, one of the ways we use M&A is, is to complement our organic innovation. And, you know, I, I think uh, we're going to make, you know, smart make buy decisions over time about whether we develop technologies ourselves or, whether we, you know, maybe acquire a technology after it's invested or, you know, in one or two cases now, like Arvis, uh, we've made investments that let us come alongside of a company and finish developing something with them. And then we acquire the business, you know, in, into our company. And so, you know, we, we try to be thoughtful about using M&A as an extender of our innovation engine, but then also we use uh, M&A to accelerate our strategy beyond innovation to bring you know new products and technologies that that are gaps in our in our portfolio and can strengthen uh, our position with customers or open up new growth avenues for us uh, you know lightcure was a great example of a great technology high powered laser technology that we acquired in that accelerated our our growth in in terms of what we're doing in human rehab and even opened up a growth opportunity uh, in pet rehab uh, with with lasers and uh, and we also do acquisitions to open up attractive market space. So I talked about about foot and ankle and how that opened up this multi billion dollar high growth market to us uh, and our Mathis globalization. We acquired Mathis that globalized our recon footprint and really doubled. You know, half of the recon market is outside the U.S. and we had limited access until we acquired. Mathis, and now we've got access to most of the world, and, and not only being able to bring their technologies, but now bringing some of our great technologies like Altivate and Empower that I, I talked about into those markets outside the U.S. So that that's you know how we use acquisition to accelerate our growth. We've grown you know well into the double digits over the past years, if you include uh, the acquisitions, and really our strategy over time is to grow high single digits organically, and then do acquisitions beyond that that. You know, grow us to two billion and beyond on the way to three billion, and and really keep focusing on making sure that we're creating better for our patients, creating better for our our surgeons and and clinicians, and and you know, really building a great company that we can all be proud to be a part of. Always in ortho or rehab, or do you see yourself doing some uh, tangential acquisitions? Yeah, so um, we got a lot of great opportunity in in ortho, and and so we've definitely been been mostly focused there. We've got a few things that we already do that kind of step a little bit out outside of ortho, you know, smaller businesses. Over time, we expect we'll grow into the most attractive places in ortho, but that there also are logical other places in med tech that would be attractive places for us to go, where you know our corporate capabilities. Uh, in terms of our continuous improvement business model, our focus on talent and innovation and acquisitions, 
you know, those can be applied. And then if you take that with some of the great experience we've got from ortho, for example, uh, you know, experience in, in you know, how to how to win in a, in a surgical business and do the innovation and the channel that goes with that experience in high powered lasers and other lasers uh, that we're using in ortho and, you know, things that we could do outside ortho with those kinds of technologies, experiences in clinic workflow and how we automate clinic workflows and in other industries. So we definitely have both kind of core corporate technologies, as well as specific technologies from our ortho experience that can apply into other attractive areas of med tech. And I'd expect that over time, we'll find the right opportunities to take those steps into other logical places in the med tech landscape. We don't want to just get big. We want to remain a high value, high growth company over the long haul. And, and so that means that you know we've got to have enough different areas that we can grow, that we can stay focused on the most attractive pieces. Uh, and not just go chasing growth. Excellent. All right, Matt. Well, it's a great story. Uh, I've learned a lot. Thank you for uh, joining us on the podcast. Thanks. Great talking to you, Tom. Well, that is a wrap. Thanks so much for joining us on this episode of the Device Talks Weekly Podcast. Once again, don't forget to use the code DTWEEKLY25 to save yourself 25% off the price of registration at Device Talks Boston, which is happening on May 10th and 11th. Go to, go to devicetalks.com. For more information, check out the agenda that I reviewed at the top. Check out all of our great speakers. We have over 60. It's going to be a fantastic two days. Do not miss it. And when you're there and you see me uh, striding from one session to the next because I'll be busy, just uh, stop me and say hello. It would be great to, uh, to meet you in person. Please don't forget to share this episode of the Device Talks Weekly Podcast on your social media channels. And when you do connect with me, I am on LinkedIn, Tom, S-A-L-E-M-I. Please connect with my podcast partner, Chris Newmarker as well. He's executive editor of Life Sciences here. He is uh, as in a new marker, Chris Newmarker. So connect with him as well. Please do subscribe to the Device Talks podcast network. You'll not only get future episodes of the Device Talks weekly podcast, but also future episodes of Intuitive Talks, of Striker Talks, of Boston Scientific Talks, which we just launched and we'll be rolling out another couple this month. And in June, we hope to bring you Abbott Talks. So there's a lot of information and insights coming through that Device Talks podcast network. Make sure you subscribe. It's available in any major podcast player, Amazon, Google, Spotify, Apple, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Just connect, like, follow, and or subscribe to the Device Talks Podcast Network. Well, that's enough of me, folks. Thanks again for joining us on this episode of the Device Talks Weekly Podcast. Tune in next week on the Device Talks Podcast Network. We'll have a great Striker Talks coming your way, and we'll be back with the Device Talks Weekly Podcast next Friday. Have a great weekend. And uh, if you're celebrating a holiday, have a very peaceful and joyful time with your family. Take care, everybody. 